the ruins of the jungle whisper that the drowned earth was not always as it is now. Study, exploration, and growth. That the ruins and what lies within them is a fantastic opportunity for growth and wealth should be obvious to all. The birth of the esotericas and the establishment of scholarship have fueled an entire industry of artifact gathering. As people scramble for both material wealth, working or otherwise, or simply knowledge itself. Many recent discoveries have been thanks to the decoding of archives or the finding of some ancient plash sheet text. Much basic science has been recovered from educational sources. Former schools have been a source of plash sheet textbooks. And the educated are often in awe of the fact that even the children of the builders were in possession of knowledge far in advance of contemporary scholarship. Much of this information is theoretical only. Practical application is not always possible due to a lack of equipment or raw materials. On rare occasion, though, a theoretical concept marries up with an artifact, and this can cause unexpected breakthroughs. What this means, of course, is that the theoretical understanding of much science is far in advance of the ability to make practical use of it. It's probably nonetheless unsurprising that most people outside the esotericas remain ignorant of things which have no direct bearing on their lives. Of course, reverse engineering of some artifact or another can be just as, or often even more, fruitful than the discovery of a theoretical text. Much of the technology of the past has been made of polymers and composite materials that are far beyond contemporary ability this material is more likely to survive well, and although rare, it is not unheard of to find fully working technology of this type. Weapons and energy sources are the most sought after. The bridge, a city built across the mouth of Blackwater Gulf, is almost completely powered by a rucksack-sized generator found approximately 130 years ago on an island off the west coast of Badras. Such objects are extremely rare and inestimably valuable. Ironically, the kinds of technology which are more useful to the contemporary world were, at the time of the event, considered antiques. This is something of a blessing, as there is a good chance that while all but the most massive of metal objects have rusted away to dust, Objects housed in museums, safes, and storehouses are more likely to have been preserved with some thought for their future condition, and even some kind of reverence. Composite materials and nanocircuitry are far beyond contemporary manufacture, but metal objects and very basic conductive circuitry are, albeit without anything like the same level of miniaturization, the domain of anyone from highly skilled craftsmen to rudimentary mass manufacturers. 
civilization returned. In the several hundred years of settled life, fortified villages have become towns. Agricultural knowledge and domestication has burgeoned and the population has flourished. Villages have grown into towns, towns have become cities, and once again, intelligent life has begun, in some small way, to retake control of its immediate environment. We should not exaggerate the scope of this change, though. These are pockets of civilization in an otherwise extremely wild and hostile world. Many people still live nomadic, tribal lifestyles, and even those who have settled often lack the materials or knowledge to take advantage of recent scientific discoveries. Therefore, it is important to understand that even though some moderately advanced manufacturing, such as handmade combustion engines, wind turbines, or precision machined bullets are possible, they are by no means ubiquitous. In some areas of Ulaya, people live close to a Bronze Age existence while in others there is a mix of industrial revolution era and occasional advanced technology. Most people lead lives something akin to a medieval existence, with the occasional instance of more modern technology, such as a light bulb or cast iron stove. This is almost as true in the cities as it is elsewhere. While there is considerably more technology in towns and cities, most of the more advanced technology is not in the hands of ordinary people. It is not at all uncommon to see a steam-powered or even petrol-powered boat, but most people's interaction with technology is with devices owned or used in common, such as public energy sources, service industries like transportation, or the purchase of manufactured goods such as soap or processed sugar. Urban growth, however minor, has been the crucible for widespread social experimentation. There are almost as many different types of governments in Yalaya as there are settlements. Many independent townships and city-states, especially around the Great Lagoon Network and the Kajini Highlands, value personal freedom and individual rights. Consequently, they are generally run by councils or individuals who have been elected or appointed in some kind of popular process. Other settlements are more often autocratic, often with a tribal or meritocratic system of deciding their leaders. Economically, many settlements are feudal and either run by a hereditary ruler or warlord who controls a local area. This is common in the coal ricks, for example where each area is run by a local coal, who is owed fealty by his vassals, and sometimes owes fealty himself to a kolat. The Thousand Isles are fought over by several different merchant empires, and often these empires are, in fact, just an extension of a feudal system of taxation and tithes, which look much like the Colric system, only on a larger scale. The nature of islands means that these societies often have a degree of autonomy, despite being a de facto part of a larger power structure. The combination of economic growth and political organization have both fueled and been fueled by scientific discovery. It seems as though each year there is some great breakthrough, and this is beginning to have a destabilizing effect. 
the balance of power can shift drastically as one township discovers an ancient artifact or leverages recent scientific progress. This means that control over artifacts and knowledge has never been more critical. While agents of the new enlightenment work to find and make discoveries for the common good, others roam the wilds looking for technology which will enrich them or help them control and dominate the wills of others. It is no exaggeration to say that a war for the future is being fought out in the wilds of Yulia. As civilization establishes itself, so does the uglier side of what technology and power enable us to do. Thanks for joining us for another tale from the drowned earth. As always, you can check out the Indian Invasion podcast on Podbean and all of your other podcast services. You can also check us out on Patreon, on our Facebook page, and remember to prepare yourself for the invasion.